Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The uh, the argument would be made that putting the shoe on the other foot, if the United States had a high level, maybe the second most important person in the country, assassinated wherever, the United States might consider that assault on our country, right? And the Iranians might as well, even though this took place at the Iraqi airport. And so it's, it's... Foggy. There are those who think what was in Iraq, so it counts. But it was an assault on Iran, so it shouldn't count. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been an American since I was born, right here in the U.S. of A. And I've watched politics since I'm about 18 years old. And I've always known as two bands of thieves fighting with each other over the spoils of the Treasury. I've never seen it any different. And um, as I got older, I began to understand that there is a difference, even if it's a slight difference. How can Pelosi take Iran's side, support a terrorist, and not be humiliated by the enemies within the media? Moreover, how can she not be immediately removed and put into prison? Because we're not at war, and she didn't commit, officially did not commit sedition, but she has verbally committed sedition. I can see them continuing to criticize Trump. That's what they do. I can see them saying it was wrong to do this and wrong to do that. But to come out and openly support a man who has maimed and killed so many and not one word from that vermin Wolf Blitzer, not one word from that sub-moron Jake Tapper, not one word from those with low IQs and high ties in the media. How much is it? In other words, when is enough enough? 
How can Pelosi openly take the side of the Islamo-fascist enemy, almost salute and support a terrorist who killed our men and killed so many others, and not be immediately removed from office, let alone humiliated by one person in the complicit communist media? Well, that's one man's opinion. I know it's not going to attract as much attention as a tweet I did earlier, which is shocking to me. I posted a picture of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I'm not a royal watcher. I despise the royal family. I think it's an anachronism from uh, hundreds of years ago, and I think that the royal... I'm not English, but I oppose royalty as an American. Actually, I think they're a bunch of parasites, all of them. I always have. I come from a father who used to ridicule Prince Charles, and he wasn't wrong. Maybe it's because he was Russian and hated royals. I don't really know. But you look at this family of dysfunctional people living on the largesse of pillage, uh, imperialism, pillage and imperialism going back a thousand years, collecting millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, living in these vast estates, never working a day in their life. Now, if the British want royalty, that's their business. It's their culture, not mine. So I post a little statement. He married down and ruined his life. You know, I post a lot of things on Twitter. This has received almost more attention than anything to do with the war with Iran or politics. He married down and ruined his life with a picture of uh, the genius there, whatever his name is, Harry, and Meghan Markle, the, uh, the actress, the soapbox actress. And I said he married down and ruined his life. Well, people have responded like crazy. But there was a great link to that story by Maureen Callahan of the New York Post saying Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are hypocrites, abdicate or stay. She says they want it both ways. They basically gave the middle finger to the royal family, and then uh, they want to continue to collect the money from the moronic British people and live in these vast estates, keep their titles, live in the cottage that they want, Frogmore Estate, which they spent $3 million in taxpayer funds renovating, and then have free um, bodyguards for millions of dollars a year. How in the world can the British put up with this? And why are people commenting on this at a time like this? That, that's what puzzles me, is that why would my story, my, my tweet, he married down and ruined his life, attract more attention than the previous tweets. For example, how likely do you think the Islamo-fascists will strike again? Great men running U.S. military again. Ranger, 82nd Airborne, no more Obama puffcakes. Thank you, General Milley. He's the new Joint Chiefs of Staff. What a tough guy he was. I loved looking at the men. I felt like I was in America again, as Trump gave his speech the other day. I loved seeing the real men. I knew none of them were put in there by Obama to undermine the military. I knew none of them were put in there simply because they look good on a, on, a, on a campaign, you know, an affirmative action poster. They got there because they deserved to be there. Didn't get that much on that. Earlier in the day, I posted a picture of an old man in the streets of New York 100 or so years ago selling bagels on a card or pretzels. Old man. And I put this picture up and I said how my immigrant family started. Dems want to take away all I have earned and saved, never socialism. Do people comprehend what I'm talking about? 
He is a bearded old man on the Lower East Side of New York selling bagels in the street with tattered clothing. And people understood it because many people who listen to the show come from a similar immigrant background uh, as do I. And I've never been given a handout, never been given a hand up. I've had to walk over glass and I had to walk through fire to get where I am in life, whether it's publishing a book or getting in the radio business, whatever I've done, I did on my own. How is it that these people who come along here think the government owes them something? Where did they get the idea that the government owes them a living? I once told a story years ago. There's a man sitting on a bench, a park bench, by himself. So an older woman comes up to him, and she strikes up a conversation with him. And she says to him, well, so what's going on? What's wrong, you know? He doesn't know him. He says, oh, everything's wrong in my life. This isn't right. That's not right. Uh, The society's unfair to me, you know? So she says, you got to go out and and make it. No one's going to give it to you. You got to go out and create it for yourself. No one's going to give it to you. And yet we have hundreds of millions of tens of millions of deadbeats in the country who have lost in life or never even started. They were stuck in the starting gate, crapped on themselves as the gate went up. They never even started the run. Sorry to use such a vulgar expression. It's an old one from New York about he got stuck in the starting gate. It's not my fault that you got stuck in the starting gate and, and defecated on your feet. I don't owe you anything. Go sell bagels in the street. What do I care what you do? Well, what can I do? That didn't attract that much ever. I'm really, you know, I can tell by the hearts and the likes and the this, what people really like. At least that's on Twitter. But then I got, he married down and ruined his life. It's overwhelming how many people responded to that. Why are they responding to that? And then I just tweet 27 minutes ago, how can Pelosi take Iran's side support a terrorist, and not be humiliated by the enemies within the media. I want you to listen to a piece of it again, and I want to tell you what she's doing here. I watched her speech this morning with alarm, not with uh, chagrin, with alarm. The woman is a cuckoo, crazy. She's nuts. She is so in love with herself. She is so deranged, all of her facial expressions are irrelevant. They, They make no sense. She says one thing, the face says another. The inappropriate smiles, the clicking of the teeth, the extra juice in the lips. The the woman is is certifiably a nut. And now she takes the side of the enemy. But listen to what her speech, listen to the words for one minute. Let's play it again. The the argument would be made that putting the shoe on the other foot. You mean the argument you're making? The United States had a high level, maybe the second most important person in the country assassinated stop there so what she's saying madam pelosi is that she's frightened that she could be a target so in her crazed paranoia she sits there in her bedroom at night i don't know who the hell she talks to i have no idea whether it's a parrot or a dog or a cat or another person and she gets the idea that she could be on the target list from iran and she actually considers herself the second most important person in the united states of america and that she could be targeted by Iran. So in a way, she's appealing to them not to kill her, not to target her. She's saying, I'm on your side. I'm a friend of yours. Don't target me. Do you understand what I just said to you? What do I have to spell it out with smoke signals? This is now the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Yes, I know it's a partisan country. I know the country's divided. I know Trump is controversial. I know Trump is hated. Is there no point at which they will stop? 
is at no point at which you, the people, will say enough is enough. Now, let me tell you something. The Democrat Party itself is afraid of her. They think she's nuts. When I saw major league Democrat senators say it's time to bring these charges forward so we can vote on it, most particularly her old friend from Pacific Heights, Diane Feinstein, I know that the, that the number is up there. They know that she has destroyed them. She, they know that this woman is nuts. Her power madness has gotten better, the best of her. But number two, I got to tell you something right now. Feinstein is trying to assert the fact that she's more powerful than Pelosi. Make no mistake about it. For Feinstein to come out with all of her baggage and break ranks with Pelosi the madwoman, the power madwoman on top of it all, and say it's time to move the impeachment forward and let us vote on it, is her way of saying, Nancy, you're not in the Senate. Nancy, you're not as powerful as I am. Nancy, I'm a senator. But she wasn't alone. There were other senators who also stepped in. Democrat senators said it's time to vote on this. Put the So Pelosi comes out today defiantly, says, no, I'm not sending them forward. She says this instead. She takes the side of the enemy, supports a terrorist. Okay, well, those are some of the topics. There are many others that I want to talk about on a positive note. Because if I have to spend the rest of my waking life talking about these low IQ people, uh, I won't do radio much longer because to me this is a disgrace. Do you realize what a disgrace it is to have survived millions of years of evolution to be me and have to talk about a lunatic like Nancy Pelosi? Do you know what a humiliation it is to talk about a low life like her? You know, I, I saw an article today. Green tea may help you live longer. That's something I'd like to talk about, the phytochemicals in green tea, because I know an awful lot about them. Another article came out that's phenomenal. Great. Aw- awesome. Just awesome. The Israelis, hated by Pelosi and the Democrats, have come up with a treatment, you'll never believe this, for liver and kidney cancer. The FDA has finally approved Israel's ice cure tumor treating tech for liver and kidney cancer. Ice cure uses probes to freeze tumors, killing the tissue. The tumor then disperses naturally. Do you have any idea what the Jews have created in the world of science and medicine while being hated by the left, while being hated by the Islamo-fascists who have given nothing to the world but hate and destruction? When have you last seen an invention or a cure for humanity coming out of the uh, Islamic world. Please tell me. Can anyone listening to this show tell me when? And I don't mean uh, uh, over here. I don't mean people who practice Islam in America. Can anyone listening to this show please elucidate for me and my audience when anyone in the Islamic world in, in modern times has produced a breakthrough in science or medicine for the benefit of humanity? Look what Israel does in the world of science and medicine. And look how they're hated by the American communist left. These are just general statements. I'll be back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We're now less than a year from Election Day 2020. The election which will determine if America continues down the path of greatness or if America will spiral down into full-blown socialism at the hands of left-wing fanatics But, you know, we can't sit back and wait for 2020. We need you to take action now. Please text S-A-V-A-G-E to 88022. Savage to 88022. Savage to 88022. And you're going to get official Trump alerts 
directly to your phone. You'll gain exclusive 2020 updates directly from President Trump himself. You'll be the first to know when new Trump merchandise is available. And you'll even be able to give your input on key issues to help shape the 2020 campaign. If the Democrats take back the White House in 2020, they'll undo everything we worked so hard to fix. Please make sure you're getting your news directly from the source by texting S-A-V-A-G-E to 88022. Again, all you have to do is text S-A-V-A-G-E to 88022. This was paid for by the Trump Make America Great Again Committee, a joint fundraising committee authorized by and composed of Donald J. Trump for President, Inc., and the Republican National Committee that is dedicated to making America great again. Just text SAVAGE to 88022. That's SAVAGE to 88022. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You know what what bothers me? When I see a Nancy Pelosi trying to defend this monster from Iran who's killed so many people, who's so badly, I mean, so many people are walking around now without legs and without arms, because he was the big roadside bomb guy. He was the one who'd send him to Afghanistan, had sent him to Iraq. He was big. That was his favorite thing. He thought it was wonderful. He doesn't think it's wonderful anymore. When Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to defend him, I think that's a very bad thing for this country. I think that's a big losing argument politically, too. It should be uh, more than a big losing argument politically. It is sedition. A mad person like Pelosi siding with the enemy, siding with a terrorist, and not being in any way punished for it, not even mentioned by Wolf Blitzer, or whatever these guys are, you know all their names, the enemies within the media. What more do I have to say to you? Am I trying to rile you up? No, because we are all riled up. Meghan Markle's story is bigger than anything. He married down and ruined his life. You want to comment on that? He married down and ruined his life. That's what I said. What do you think? Let's talk about trivia. Let's become moronic now in America and not talk about Pelosi's sedition. Iran's fascism. Let's talk about he married down and ruined his life. Let's go tabloid. They put down the royal family while continuing to reap all the benefits that they get from the royal family, which are it's all stolen money anyway. Don't tell me about inheritance. Where where'd that money come from for the royal family? Tell me where it came from. Where they earned it? Has Prince Charles ever worked a day in his life, that doofus? He does oil painting and he talks about the environment while flying around in the royal jet and the royal. Uh, what kind of what kind of country can su- support a, a a family of parasites like this? So this this jerk, Prince Harry, marries an actress, a soapbox actress. Fine, he maybe wants to break free of the uh, the parasitic life of the royals. But instead of breaking free and saying I'm going to go out and make some money, he says I, I want all of the benefits of being a royal and go screw yourself. People are commenting on that. You don't want to talk about something like Pelosi taking Iran's side. Maybe you want to talk about Meghan Markle. What do you think about that? I don't know. Maybe you don't care about anything. How about my immigrant family started in the streets of New York and I earned everything I have on my own and the Dems want to take it all away from you and me? How do you feel about that? You don't care about socialism? It's as real as can be. Socialism kills 
socialism killed 100 million people in the last century. Oh, they called it communism, but it was socialism. It was socialism with a gun. The difference between socialism and communism, socialism is voted in, communism is brought in by the gun. That's the entire Democrat Party. Okay? What can I say to you? It's time for you to talk and for me to listen. 855-407-282. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So I've thrown out a lot of ideas. Summer health ideas on the benefits of green tea, not one call. The Israelis' discovery of uh, uh, killing tumors with a uh, device that's called cryoablation. No one cares. Not one call. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where the UN, human, where's the U.S. mind? No one says a word. Hate Israel and lose the science and medicine. As I support those in the, in the gutters who want to destroy everything the Jews have created. Idiots. Idiots. Like, uh, half cortex, T-Lab, the enemies within, along with the, uh, the sorority leader, Pelosi. The chief sorority leader, the lunatic. The inappropriate laughter at our own statements. The grimacing, the smiling, the liquid in the mouth. Siding with the enemy, nothing, not a word from anybody. But what are you calling about? He married down and ruined his life. That's what, that's what got more attention than anything. So we could talk about marrying down and marrying up. You could say he married up by getting out of the royal family. Some are saying that. Well, I wouldn't say that, by the way. Marrying into Hollywood is not marrying up as far as I'm concerned. Have you ever seen a child come out of Hollywood who amounted to anything? I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Have anyone in Hollywood, has anyone in Hollywood produced anyone of any value? Maybe they have. We don't know about them. Instead, it's all disaster, drugs and rehab. and It's sad. Why is it that Hollywood produces so many dysfunctional children? Why? Okay, married down, married up. Johnny in Sacramento looks to me like he's a good misogynist for this show. Johnny in line five, is it something against women or what happened to you? Are you still married to the to this to the bride? He's a lawyer. You're still married to to the bride of Frankenstein. You're still married to her. Yes, well, it's well known. Through, it's well known throughout history, except in America, where it's considered somehow a racist or classist to tell your children don't marry anyone below you, because if you do, but marry someone below you culturally or socially, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Why would a family struggle to pick themselves up from poverty and then have the children married down? Tell me what what the benefit of that is. Montagues in the room, you know, in the in the Juliet. So, uh, how how long ago did you get married to this bad relation into this relationship? Oh no, a, a long time ago, uh, in my early twenties. So you're still in it, or was over soon thereafter? It was, it was over soon, but what I mean is by that, you know, your reputation has already been denigrated because you're known already for marrying down. All right, but did you marry? Did you marry after that and do right the second time? 
second time it hasn't happened yet, so... Oh, you're still playing the field. Well, you're young yet. Yeah, still young. Still happening. All right, but basically you're calling to comment on my tweet, he married down and ruined his life. You're saying that is what happened to him, to Harry. That's absolutely right, and and, and you're and it's a lot bigger than just something so shallow like marrying up or marrying down. I think it has a lot to do with the whole uh, collective uh, push and generation to, to destroy patriotism and, 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 and all of that. So I think it's, it's, I mean, it's par for the course. Huh. I see what you're saying in a way. Thank you for the... Uh, Thanks for joining the conversation. Thank you for joining the conversation. So we're talking about not green tea, not Israelis, uh, the Israeli cure for cancer. We're not talking about Nancy Pelosi's sedition. We're not talking about her siding with the enemy. We're not talking about her lauding uh, uh, an arch killer. We're talking about uh, Meghan Markle and, uh, and, and Prince Harry. Amazing. This is how life works. It's amazing. Look at all the stories and look what we're talking about. Impeachment again? They can't, you know, that show died. That's like they ran it and it, it, it failed. Then they ran it again and it failed a second time. They're going to run it now a third time. Next week, there's impeachment trial with this loser, this lunatic Pelosi. I'm, I don't mind a Democrat. I don't mind the liberal. I don't mind someone who has a different viewpoint. But a mad woman, a power mad woman like this, how can a party not understand she has destroyed them? I'll, get, I'll, I'll bet you right now that unless there's a major change in this country uh, on, on, the, on a level of a war where there has to be a draft, which is very unlikely, or a, a blowout in the economy, Trump's going to win 70-30. It's going to be the biggest blowout in, in U.S. history with this lunatic. This woman is crazy. And when I see... Uh, Feinstein, who had a, a Chinese spy as her driver, nothing happened to her. I mean, I'm not shocked by anything. Feinstein had a spy from China driving her for 30 years, and nothing happened. She wasn't even thrown out of the Senate. Why? Because there's no newspaper in San Francisco. No one cares. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not shocked by anything anymore. I'm not shocked by a thing. Nothing makes sense to me. It's, this is an upside-down world. You know, those who create something are considered the enemy of, of those, the, the losers. Beyond comprehension. The best economy in history and he's a terrible president needs to go. We need to go back to 1913. That's what we need. A revolution. 1917, we've got to go back to the, the Bolshevik Revolution. America has to live through the Bolshevik Revolution for the morons to understand what it, what it did to the world. But okay, let's talk about them. I don't care. Let's see. Pelosi, Iran, Raymond. I've got a lot of callers now. Finally, I got you riled up. You know, it's January 9th. It's still slow. It's slow. It's like the business. So think of it this way. It's like a, New Year's Eve was just like a week or so ago. You know, the restaurant's open, but it's not too busy right now. <laughs> you can always get a table in the Savage Nation. It's like right now, restaurants are slow. You know, it's like the frenzy is over. You couldn't get in before New Year's Eve, right? No matter who you could. No, I'm sorry. We won't, but can't come in. Sorry. All sold out. Now it's like the restaurant's open. It's like dead. It's dead times in the restaurant business. Before Thanksgiving, dead. After New Year's Eve, dead for a while. Now is you can go in and get a seat in the Savage Nation by calling 855-407-282. And if you do get heard on the Savage Nation, it's a great line. You'll be heard by more people than you met in your entire life. You know, sometimes I don't even realize what influence I have. And I'm not here to blow my own horn, but, you know, I think back of the years that I dreamed of being a writer, for example. 
I'm talking when I was a kid even, I wanted to be a writer. Sort of not kid, I mean eight years old, no. I mean 17, 18, college level. And why did I really want to be a writer? You know, I'm thinking about, I'm going to do a jump cut right now. Why did I want to be a writer? What influences a young boy? You're never going to believe what I'm going to tell you. I, I don't mind admitting it. To me, truth is the greatest salvation of all. It's, it's a liberation for me to not have to hide anything. So I'm thinking back, what year was it? So there was a novelist at the time named Francois Sagan. She was a young girl in her 20s who had a huge hit in France. The book was published all over the world. It was called Bonjour Tristesse, which was brilliant. Hello, happiness. Bonjour Tristesse. Now, I didn't really understand the book. I didn't really understand the subtlety of the title. All I knew is that she had a new Jaguar XK120 drophead. She had a 120 Jag, and I wanted it so badly. And I said, wow, she can get that by writing? Just think about that. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to do the subway, the slush, none of that. No tie, no shirt. You could stay home and write stuff and, and, and buy a new Jaguar. So I said, I'm going to be a writer. You, you, i got to understand, that's really one of the things that motivated me. And then I realized years later I wasn't so far off from the truth because as I read more and dug more and read thousands of books, read everything and get my hands on, philosophy, poetry, science, religion, earned two master's degrees, a PhD, wrote, I, I stumbled upon a great British essayist named Samuel Johnson, one of the greatest, who wrote that only a fool would write for anything but money. <laughs> Boy, was that liberating. Only a fool would write for anything for money. So the next time you meet a literary type who sits there looking down at you like you're some heathen because all you do is listen to talk radio and talk to talk radio hosts or you know, that kind of thing, just remember what they're in it for. They're in it for the money. That's what they're in it for. What do you, what do you think a writer is in it for? Right, you, let's take this, the snobbiest Upper West Side liberal you can ever dream of, uh, a Trump hater, an America hater, a gun hater, a goy hater, a Jew hater, they hate everything but themselves and their own people like them, meaning writers. It's all they talk to is their other writers. Seminars in the 92nd Street. Why? They're better than everybody. What are they in it for? For money. The only reason they're in it is for the money. It's a way to make an easy buck, they think. But the day of the big advance for the novelist is way over, unless you're a doofus, I mean, who writes crap novels like Stephen King. You're not making a big advance. If you're a literary type today, there's no, no market for it. No one even reads it. They don't even understand it. So I look back at all of my early writing. I never got that XK120 from any of my books. I do have things now, but I never got it from my books. because Well, I did from the nonfiction books, but that's a whole different story altogether. That's another story. But I'm getting far afield. I'm just trying to relax myself and relax you. It's early January. It's early. Impeachment doesn't interest me at all. Pelosi's madness interests me, how she's not in a mental hospital. I don't understand it. How any sane nation on earth doesn't say, dear, I'm sorry, honey, it's all over now. Please come with us. You're going to get the care you need now. And they have to take her out screaming off the floor of the house. That, that would be a sane nation to remove her gently constrain her and put her into a, a psychiatric facility for a good six months. Treat her, give her the medication she needs. The, the tics, the inappropriate facial expressions, the self-congratulatory laughter at everything she says, and now siding with the enemy. She is certifiably cuckoo. But what can we say about it? 
We live in a country where even a crazy person can be the Speaker of the House and take the side of the enemy in a time uh, of war drums looming here. I, it's unbelievable. What a, what, a, what a world we're living in. What a wonderful world. I'm not going to see that movie. I never was a Mr. Rogers fan, but I, I hear that movie. People say it's good. I don't, even conservatives tell me they liked it. I don't know why. I'm not going to go see it. So you ever watch The Irishman? It's so bad. I gave it such a scathing review. I, I couldn't take it. I walked out after 30 minutes when I saw it. I couldn't believe this crap that Scorsese pulled off on the world. He scammed Netflix for 170 million bucks to produce this movie. I don't know. What do you think they gave De Niro? 15 to 20 million? Okay. Uh, Pacino, probably 15, to 15 million dollars. Pesci, the little Schmendrick, probably got a fiver out of it to get him out of the, the, the sarcophagus he was in uh, under a mortadella somewhere in, in Cleveland. All right. So they bring them out. They de-age them digitally. It's unwatchable. Just unwatchable. Three and a half hours. But you figure make it long. It's like a novel. It's I'm going back to what I'm trying to say to you. <clears throat> what do you think someone makes a movie for? For the art? You think Scorsese makes it for the art? He criticizes Marvel Comics movies because they're not art. He produces art by butchering people. Every other movie is beating someone to death with, a, with, a, with an axe or poking them in the eye with a... That's art to him? The man produced slash movies his whole life. Admittedly, he has an eye. Yes, he has an eye. Or else he wouldn't be anywhere. He'd still be working probably on Union Turnpike in, the, in a theater near where Donald Trump grew up in the Utopia Theater selling tickets. But okay... Look what they produce. They call that art. It's, it's for making money. So you go to the lowest common denominator and you make as much money as possible. That's all. Okay, I'm getting far afield from the important stuff like Nancy Pelosi's madness and uh, he married down. And uh, has anyone in Hollywood produced a child that amounted to anything that I don't know about? Maybe, I, I'm sorry, maybe the ones who do become something you don't know about. Maybe there, is there anyone listening to this show who's offended by what I'm saying who can elucidate and educate me? Has any famous Hollywood couple produced a child worth a damn thing? I'll be back. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Uh, last week, in our view, uh, the president, the administration conducted a provocative, disproportionate airstrike uh, against Iran, which endangered Americans, and did so without consulting Congress. From Tokyo Rose to Tehran Nancy in one generation. Tokyo Rose was arrested after World War II for uh, disseminating enemy propaganda to undermine our troops. Can anyone listening to this program tell me the difference between what Tokyo Rose did, hello, Yankee, uh, to what Nancy Pelosi is doing. We're giving her a new name, Tehran Nancy. I've been known to have names stick. Let's see if that sticks. From Tokyo Rose to Tehran Nancy. How can you defend this? How can you defend this? They shot down a Ukrainian jet by mistake, those idiots. I guess their robes got in front of their view of the scope, of the, the target of the missile. The, 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 the turban fell over their eyes while they're aiming the, the, uh, the missile, the Russian missile. So they shoot down a jetliner, with, with a complete commercial jet, kill every, everyone on the plane. And Nancy will probably apologize for that, saying that her uh, Iranian friends uh, apologize for killing all of those lives. But it's Trump's fault that they had to do it at all because they're afraid that the jet was being sent by Trump uh, to drop liquor bottles on their soldiers, which would have undermined them. 
that Trump was going to drop little airline bottles of liquor and uh, copies of Playboy magazine, which could have undermined the, the entire Islamo-fascist uh, military. That'd be one way to undermine them, by the way. Instead of dropping bombs, drop little liquor bottles and uh, plastic ones and copies of uh, Playboy. Maybe they'll see the light. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. He was a war hero, the commander of Iran's feared Quds Force. Qasem Soleimani was no ordinary general. The U.S. officially classified him as a terrorist, but in Iran, he was a national hero. He's regarded as personally incredibly brave. The troops love him. I was trying to think of somebody, and I was thinking of de Gaulle. A revered figure in Iran and some other places in the Middle East. Smart, charismatic, ruthless, strategic, and bold. His power made Iranians proud. But even many of Soleimani's enemies admitted he was a military genius. Qasem Soleimani was was an evil genius. Soleimani was in charge of spreading Iranian influence around the world, and he was extremely good at it. He is the, think of the French Foreign Legion, you know, if you will. By killing Qasem Soleimani, the U.S. has stripped Iran of an inspirational military leader. The crowds are massive and emotional. There are many tears here. Thousands of mourners on the streets in Iran. Symbolic caskets aloft. Leaping and chanting, I am Soleimani. The supreme leader of Iran weeping and praying over a coffin draped in the Iraqi flag. To me, this is civil war. I'm sorry. They've crossed the line. They've crossed the line. I think it's time for you to understand that by taking Iran's side, especially Pelosi, who is clearly a madwoman, by supporting a terrorist who has maimed and killed our own troops, and not be humiliated or thrown out of office, I am telling you that they've crossed the Rubicon as far as I am concerned. We've gone from Tokyo Rose to Tehran Nancy in such a short period of time. It's a wonder the American people have not risen up and demanded that she be put into a cage. It's unbelievable to me. But what do you think about that? I'm also talking about other topics on the Savage Nation, including, I know it's trivial, the royal thing, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, but... As I said, I tweeted he married down and ruined his life, and people responded to it to a greater extent than any of my other political topics, maybe by a margin of tenfold. I know what my impressions are on Twitter, and I know what they range by and large. This was like five to six times higher than most other stories. Probably people who never heard of me or were never on my Twitter feed before responded to my saying he married down and ruined his life, and many of them disagree with me. They've taken the side of this Hollywood uh, uh, actress uh, and said he, he married up by getting out of the royal family. Well, if that was true, uh, why doesn't he give up all the benefits that he gets from them? That deadbeat bum parasite leech. He wants to make it on his own. Let him go take a job somewhere. 
Uh, I mean, he could take a job. He and her could take a job as the PR agents for the Harvey Weinstein Foundation or something like that. Or they go work for Leo DiCrapio and talk about global warming, make a pretty penny. That's the world that you live in today. Those are some of the topics. Uh, phone number is 855-407-282. Why is the Prince Harry, Meghan Markle story so big? Why does so many care about it? Do you care about it? He married down and ruined his life. Bill Clinton on Lolita Express. Do you care about that? Nah. Nah, the media is not going to cover pictures of Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express. It's in the New York Post. Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express. That should matter to you. Israeli breakthrough treatment for tumors not of any interest to you because it's Jews. Islamofascists have produced nothing in terms of benefiting humanity so far as I know in a thousand years. I know the Arabs invented the zero, at least I think they did. I think since that time, nothing's been given to the world. How is it that you don't see what you're facing here? Senate Dems begin breaking with Pelosi on articles of impeachment. They realize she's a a nutcase. Let's see. Uh, Do you think there's any deals between the Dems and Iran? Is that why they're on their side? Do you think there's any vig coming back at them? You know, $175 billion in cash could come all the way back to uh, California, too, you know. Maybe there's some money here. You always got to follow the gelt. There's always gelt in the pelt. There's always something to do with money. Maybe that's why they're on the side of the mullahs. Maybe there's a schmear job coming back. We don't know. Maybe there's a rotation. Obama sends $175 billion, $175 million, what was it? I don't even remember, big number. Billion, 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 B, big, big, big. $175 billion on pallets to the mullahs. They make bombs with it. But how much of it went back to the Democrats? Any idea from Obama's down payment on terrorism? You know, they're afraid that when Trump wins a second term, they're going to they're face a war crimes trial. I can tell you right now, by what Susan Rice is doing, they're terrified. And you know what? It might happen. Oh, when Trump wins by a landslide, I'd say 70, 30, 65, 35, unless there's big changes between now and then, is going to be a landslide, a wipeout. When Trump has nothing to lose in the second term and he can't run again, I could see war crimes trials. I could see Obama in the docket. Yeah, it happens. Justice moves slowly. Oh, yeah. From sandals to sandals in two generations, you never know. Uh, the whole thing could come down on them. The whole Ukraine thing, the Pelosi son, Ukraine, the Biden son, Ukraine. What is this with Ukraine and all these Democrats' children, all this money? That's what this is about. That's why they're hiding it and covering it up. That's why they keep fighting this thing. They don't want Ukraine to come up again because they're terrified. They will. The people will finally wake up to the fact that it's a slush fund for them. Well, anyway, that's just random thoughts here. Many good things in America, too. When I saw Trump speaking the other day with these great military men besides him, especially the new Joint Chiefs of Staff, man, they were so severe looking. They They didn't smile once. There were no smiles. There were no PR men. None of the military guys that Trump had around them looked like they went to a PR school. It looked like they were jumping out of airplanes when they were young men, you know, with 70 pound backpacks, not laptops to see what they can do, smile their way to the top. This was a tough group of guys, man. It was beautiful to see. I felt like I was living in America again, like in Eisenhower's time when real Americans were in the military, when real Americans who got their way up and moved up in the military did so through combat. That's what I felt. I felt felt empowered. I actually felt safer seeing those men up there. 
When Obama was president, I was terrified. Weak, weak. Every appointment was another political appointment, like like the KGB, political agents, not military agents, you know. So it was a nice feeling looking at them. If I were the Iranians and I saw those American men grimacing, no smiles, nothing, not a tw- not a twinkle, not a, a nothing, grim, grim, tough military men. Reminds me when I was on the Osprey when I uh, flew with the president. Yeah, I'll mention it again just to get your goat because you don't want to hear it. So I'll tell you about it again. Go ahead. You don't like it? Turn the station. See if I care. A couple of months ago, high point of my political career, I'm invited on Air Force One at the last minute, by the way. This was not pre-planned. You could say I finagled my way on. You wouldn't be wrong. I did. I talked I talk my way on to Air Force One. That's quite an achievement. That's, that's pretty. Actually, that story unto itself is pretty good. I didn't know I was going. When I went down to the first fundraiser in the hills above Palo Alto, I packed one overnight ba- one overnight the outfit. And the thought was if I could finagle my way on to Air Force One down to L.A. and go to the second fundraiser, that would be okay. If not, I'll come back that night and do the show from here. Or if not, I'll go to L.A. and do the show from there, which I did, by the way. So I, I'm at the first fundraiser. The suit bag is uh, rolled up somewhere. And I start saying, you know, um, I really want to go to the Santa Monica, the one you're having in Beverly Hills tonight. My son's going to be there. I know the guy whose house it's at. What a vast estate that one was at. Jeez, I never saw a house like this. Could you imagine having a backyard that is so big that you could have tents for 800 people and serve Wolfgang Puck dinners that all come out hot and perfect? That's what the second fundraiser was. I swear to God. I never. How could you have a backyard that large in Beverly Hills? I'm not talking about in, in the hills of Oklahoma. The estate was so beautiful, so big, and the tents were great, and all the steaks were hot, and I don't eat steak. I shouldn't have, looking back, I shouldn't have violated my diet. So it contributed to my illness. But for years, I ate a hippie diet. I was much healthier. Then I got sloppy over the last couple of years. I figured I'd passed the uh, point of no return. Nothing's going to bother me. And boom. Okay, but that's what happens. You can't, you know, you, you must remain vigilant your whole life, whether it's uh, morally, ethically, nutritionally, medically. You know, you have to watch yourself every step. I think the um, ethics of the fathers and the Jewish teachings has a saying along the lines of a man could spend his entire life building his reputation, maintaining his reputation, and with one mistake, destroy himself, okay? Now, why are these things not taught anymore? You know, you slip up when you get older. You know, you get a little lazier, a little weaker. You figure you can do it now. No one's looking wrong. 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 Sorry. Look at the Lolita Express with the picture of Bill Clinton that came out today. Now, you know nothing's going to happen because he owns the media. The media's in his pocket, like with Pelosi's obvious madness. She's a mad woman. She's like the mad woman of Chartreuse. Straight jacket, straight up, straight up Thorazine, old, old line. Old line treatment, Thorazine, straight jacket, shock therapy, the, the snake pit, anything to stop the twitching, the inappropriate smiles, uh, laughing at herself, the lipstick on the nose. It's unbelievable. But if she was just an ordinary uh, housewife somewhere from Staten Island who, who says these things in a beauty parlor, you wouldn't pay attention. Here is the woman who is, the, in her own estimation, she's not wrong, the second most powerful woman in American politics is this lunatic. Do you realize that she actually still thinks she can bring Trump down and become president? Do you realize that's what's behind this? All right, I've said enough. I've said enough for the moment. you got to talk now. You talk, we listen. 
Let's see what we're going to take now on the uh, callers here. You want to bash the Irishman? I tried watching it again the other day. De Niro should be sent sent away for punishment. That role is so bad. How could uh, how could an Italian play an Irishman to begin with? An Irish friend of mine asked. That's to start with. Do you really believe he he was? No, let's forget about it. I'm not a fan of his because of his politics. I loved him in Raging Bull. I thought he was one of the greatest actors ever since I ever saw him. And when he started opening up that psycho trap of his and couldn't shut the hell up, I realized he's a mentally deranged person. And the reason that De Niro hates Trump is not politics, it's pure jealousy. Here's how I analyzed it for the longest time now. To have that much of a visceral hatred for Trump, it's a personal vendetta. Here's, Here's why, here's how I see it. Tell me what you think. Before Trump was president, he was an alpha male in Manhattan, right? Flying over the skyscrapers. His name was on a lot of buildings. But De Niro, in many ways, was bigger than him because he was a movie star. Again, Manhattan. So they were fighting to be who could be the, the alpha male of Manhattan, king of Manhattan, right? Was it De Niro or Trump? And De Niro probably won because America loves uh, uh, actors, right? Now, De Niro, after thinking he owns that title of heavyweight champion of uh, the alpha maledom, of Manhattan, he wakes up in Trump's presidency, he goes crazy. Now this guy has trumped him so big, he can never touch him again. So he starts saying, he's a mook, he's a bum, he's a this, he's a rat, he's a bum, he's a this. He's crazy with jealousy. It's a straight-out jealousy. Now there's another element to it. Tell me if you disagree with this. Trump uh, came from a straight-up family. The father was a builder. De Niro came from a little uh, problem in the family. And I got to tell you something, De Niro never got over it. De Niro never got over the fact of that problem in his family. Never. It hurt him. And that hurt him very deeply. And he he resents Trump on that basis. Now, if you want to get into comparing wives, I'm going to stop right there. You know, let's forget about it. I mean, you want to get into the beautiful wife thing? Another element of jealousy? These are some of the reasons behind the political insanity. But what explains Pelosi's insanity? I don't even have an answer to that other than she's deranged. She's not jealous of Trump, but she's vying to take his position. She's so crazy, she thinks that she could bring him down through impeachment and become president of the United States. We didn't have time, Michael. Governor Corleone, Senator Corleone. We'll get there, Michael. We'll get there. Sorry for the soliloquy. Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So Trump whacks the number one terrorist in the world. Everyone should salute him. Instead, the Democrats take the side of Iran and and the the terrorist. Can any military family in this country, even if you're anti-war, support a party that supports the terrorists who took away your, your father's or your son's or your husband's legs? How in the world can this be? How can they miscalculate so so drastically is what I'm asking myself. Now, Biden made a statement on this that was almost rational in a strange way. See, here's the thing about Biden. He's, he's sort of a centrist, except when he got in the beginning, he started attacking white males, which made him look like what he really is, is a stooge, an idiot. Whatever they put in front of him, he read. So people are hoping that if they elect a Biden, we'll have a centrist Democrat. At least we won't have a, a wild card you know, that scares us every other day. But they're wrong. Because if you listen to Biden, he also is very much like them. I want to go to clip 34 
on the killing of Soleimani. Listen to 34, please. Trump's approach, in my view, is demonstrably the latter. Soleimani was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American troops and thousands of innocent lives throughout the region. Good for you. He was the mastermind, but he was not the whole of the regime or of its capacity to strike back. So far, so good. So the question is, was the reward of removing a bad actor worth the risk of what comes next? He's not an actor, schmuck. We don't have evidence to suggest that Trump or anyone around him thought serious about, seriously about that calculus. See, here's where he went off the rails. First of all, when they use the word bad actor, you know they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Soleimani was not an actor. He wasn't Robert De Niro pretending to be a tough guy. He was a murderer. That's number one. That's a, that's a phrase from the Obama era. You know, the era of Obama is over. Bad actor, my behind. He's a murderer, you idiot. That's number one. And then he said, whatever evidence suggests that Trump or anyone else thought serious about this calculus? You mean only you could think seriously? Those generals can't think, you schmendrick? What, are you kidding me? So again, they're, they're second-guessing an administration that successfully not only killed Soleimani, but took out Baghdadi, the head of ISIS. Well, they have to think about it in a, in a university setting. They have to go, to go to Harvard and talk about it or kill him. See, this is the problem. Trump is a businessman, which is why one of the primary reasons I backed him is because he was a businessman, not a, not a lawyer, number one, oh, God, or a politician, number two. He was a businessman. He's a man of action. He also, in order to pour in a yard of cement in Manhattan to build those big buildings that De Niro resents so much, because it says Trump on the top, not De Niro, in order to pour a yard of cement in Manhattan, you have to do business with some really tough, bad people. You understand that? That's how he knew to act and how to kill Soleimani. He didn't have to go to Harvard to ask them their opinion. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the Savage Nation. Uh, We're speeding along into the second half of hour two. Uh, We're going to get back to the callers in a minute. We have a special guest today, Captain Scott F. Grady. Now, you may remember the name. Grady was an F-16 pilot in 91. He began his first operational assignment flying the F-16 at the 80th Fighter Squadron, Kunsan Air Base, Korea, in 93. But he was patrolling the NATO no-fly policy in the skies over Bosnia when a Soviet-made anti-aircraft missile slammed into his F-16. And he had to survive in hostile territory for six days before being rescued by the U.S. Marines in his book, Return with Honor, which spent six weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. He's also published Basher 5-2 and et cetera. But he knows a little bit about the Iranian general, Qusum Soleimani, who we all know is a very bad, bad person. And yet a man being lauded today by Nancy Pelosi and the entire Democrat media establishment. Uh, Scott O'Grady, welcome to the Savage Nation. Pleased to have you here. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Mr. Uh, Mr. O'Grady, so question, question, question. We know he was a bad person. Uh, what do you think the effect will be? Will there be further retaliation against the United States for killing him? Well, from what I'm seeing through uh, unclassified channels is that uh, the Iranians are even telling their proxies uh, to uh, tone back uh, any uh, kinetic attacks against U.S. uh, forces. It seems like the the non-attack attack of the Iranians sending missiles into Iraq is uh, 
been done so just to appease the Ayatollah's followers. Hmm. And so I don't see this escalating. I see it de-escalating. I think the president has handled this ex- excellently. Hmm. And at this point is looking to use diplomacy and economic measures to be able to try to bring out some resolution from this. Well, what bothers me as a talk show host, not a military man, is uh, the fact that Pelosi and the Democrats have taken Iran's side. I have never seen anything like this in my lifetime. You could be a Democrat, fine. But how can you support a terrorist like they're doing? Does that make sense to you? It's unconscionable. I mean, I, I'm uh, unashamed to say I'm a Republican because I believe in uh, our Constitution and the Republic and those that are freedom lovers. Uh, and when Obama was the president, I applauded him for taking out Osama bin Laden. But I want your listeners to know that uh, Osama bin Laden, as bad as he was, was not even close to how awful Soleimani was. In the 54 years of myself living on this planet, there's been nobody more responsible for killing innocent people through terrorism, including American soldiers, including fellow Iranians, than Soleimani. And the president had the full authorization, him being a designated terrorist on the battlefield in Iraq, responsible for killing American soldiers, attacking our embassy, planning attacks to kill American diplomats and soldiers, for him to take out that threat. And for even the Russians and the Chinese to agree that he was a bad actor on the world stage, uh, for the Democrats to politicize this is, to me, really unconscionable. You know, they're putting their politics above American security and American citizens. And I'm, I, I applaud President Trump for standing up and defending America. Well, I think... All right-minded Americans would, even those who don't like Trump for other reasons. How can she support Soleimani in the way she's doing Pelosi without being called on the carpet for this is beyond me. I've never seen anything like this. But I think we agree on that, and we also agree that Trump pulled off a masterstroke because the reaction to it so far has been rather tepid. It was like firing missiles into a, um, a baby milk factory, so to speak. And most of us are figuring there will be no further retaliation. I'm not so sure, by the way, how the Iranians might act. They do have a lot of sleeper cells here. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. The threat of the Ayatollah and their worldview and their ideology is still there. It hasn't gone away. And people also have to understand, okay, Soleimani was a general, but what was he a general of? Mm. And that was the Quds Force. Well, what is the Quds Force? That means Jerusalem Force. Their sole goal is to take over Jerusalem and wipe Israel off the face of this planet, including Western civilization. Has that mm. threat gone away? The answer is no. So these are very bad people that have terroristic activities that they are still involved with. But uh, I think that through peace, uh, and as far as the, the whole policy, and I love Reagan for this policy, and I love President Trump for this policy, it's peace through strength. And that doesn't right. mean just military strength. It means economic strength, diplomatic right. strength, and so on. But showing there's resolve from the commander-in-chief will bring about peace because appeasement only feeds them. Appeasement only continues for them to reach for their goal of going to Jerusalem. And they want to make Iraq into a puppet state for the Iranian uh, regime that's sitting in office right now as the Ayatollah, which is an Islamic theocracy. So, do you think? Do you think that the Democrats who are sort of either sitting on the fence or taking the side of Iran, 
are threatening our national security as I do? I believe so, very much so. You know, I, I don't understand. The only reason why they're doing this is they're playing politics. But they're playing politics at the endangerment of our national security and the endangerment mm. of American uh, citizens. Mm. Well, we all know this was a bad, bad man, committed countless atrocities, many men killed, many people destroyed, maimed by him. And to see a Democrat party so blinded by their own lust for power and their hatred for Trump to literally take the side of this terrorist and his supporters uh, is, is astonishing to me. I didn't think it had gone this far. Uh, Captain Scott F. Grady, I want to thank you very much for all you've done for America and for being on the Savage Nation again. Your latest book, would you say, is Basher 5-2? Is that the book we should talk about? Uh, people go find that. It's on Amazon. But I want to thank God that we've got a great commander-in-chief and President Trump who stands behind our troops and our veterans. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Commander. I appreciate it very much. Great man. Wonderful to have him on the Savage Nation. That opens up some time to go back to the callers who have been calling on all those other topics prior to Mr. O'Grady's appearance on uh, the show. Uh, but before we do go to your calls, I think it would be remiss of me to not play Miss Pelosi taking the side of the enemy so you never forget it. Let's hear clip four again. Let's hear the beginning of this. It's astounding. The, uh, the argument would be made that putting the shoe on the other foot if Why? the United States had a high level, maybe the second most important person in the country. That's her. Assassinated. That's her. Wherever. See? The United States might consider that an assault on our country, right? Crazy. And the Iranians might as well, even though this took place at the Iraqi airport. And so it's, it, it's foggy. There are those who think what well, was in Iraq, so it counts. But it was an assault on Iran, so it shouldn't count. Do you realize that she's crazy and taking the side of the enemy? Which is why I did not so lightly call her Tehran Nancy on Twitter. From Tokyo Rose to Tehran Nancy, there should be consequences for this. Now you say, well, okay, the ballot box. It's not enough. Sorry. No, it's not enough. I'm sorry. It's not enough. Can anyone listening to this show explain why Pelosi is so out of control? and so mad with her power. She's standing against Feinstein. She's standing against leading Democrat senators who realize that she's played her hand and lost the game, and they want these impeachment uh, articles to go forward to the Senate where it will be decided and, and put aside already. They all know, they're smarter than her, that her power madness has actually run its course. It's over. No one cares about it anymore. Why is she doing this? Joe in Philadelphia, if you're still there, welcome to the Savage Nation. Uh, yes, doctor. Um, listen, this woman is like a caged animal, okay? She knows she cannot control this once it gets to the Senate. And I think this woman is so used to having control that, like you said, this is dead on arrival to the Senate. And I, I agree with you. She belongs in a straitjacket. I can't even, when I see her on the TV, I, I start yelling and I Do walk away. Do you see the face, the inappropriate smiling at her own statements, the twitching? Do, do yeah. you see the madness in her face? I think she needs a psychiatric uh, evaluation. Someone has to help the woman. Somebody. First of all, I don't care that she's ruining the Democrat Party. That's a good thing. Sure. But she's putting American troops in danger, by the way, by encouraging the enemy. And, and she's not a person in the media who could just do this with impunity. She's the Speaker of the House, the head of the uh, Democrat Party, and they're basically taking the side of the enemy. How can the American people tolerate this? 
How many Americans actually hate the country and hate the troops that much that they would vote for a Democrat after this? I think it's pretty clear by her behavior what side they're on. And they're playing for the other team. All right, well, I think we both agree on that, right? Let's go to the really important topic. He married down and ruined his life. That's the one that's still attracting more attention than any other on my uh, Twitter feed. No matter what I talk about, that's all you want to talk about. People are going, they're obsessed with this. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. He married down and ruined his life. Now, I realize in what kind of comments are coming in that people may be offended by my saying he married down. They don't even, we don't use those phrases anymore, I guess. It's an antiquated expression. She married down, he married down. Do you understand what it even means? There's something, look, as a parent, don't you tell your children to marry someone from a good family or not? You're not even allowed to say it anymore. What do you want, your, your son to marry someone whose mother was a homeless crack addict? Is that what you tell oh, whatever feels good? If you love her, it's okay, or if you love him, it's fine. I mean, don't you tell him to marry someone of quality? What kind of people? I don't understand. Maybe I don't understand. Maybe I'm out of touch. You raise your children. You, you teach them. Of course, after they're kids, you don't talk to them as children. They get a little older. You say to them, look, you know, you're dating this one you see in high school, and they make some bad choices. They pick the wild guy who's really a bum, and you say, look, he's not a good person. Oh, mommy, what do you know? You know, Johnny's a nice guy. Everyone. No, he's not good. You have to explain to her what bad is. Then when they get older, when you no longer have any influence over them at all, you would hope that they figured out that life is a struggle from the time they come out of the womb. It's a real struggle for everybody. So if you as parents, even as a single parent, have worked all your life to get to a certain level of, let us say, uh, comfort, if you want to put it that way, you own a house, You've paid your mortgage or the mortgage is going to be paid off. You own a little property. You put some money aside. Would you want any of your children to marry someone who has less than them or more than them? Wouldn't you want them to marry up or you want them to marry down? So you say, well, money isn't everything. That's a pretty close to everything in some ways. Not everything. We know that. We know that very well. Try living without it and then get back to me. And then tell me about all the wonderful couples who married for love for love and not money, how they did two years later. Okay, after the, the roses off the bloom. Tell me. Tell me how that marriage is when they're struggling to make a payment and they don't, don't own a house. So do you understand what I'm Is this common sense or is this offensive to you? So when I say he married down and ruined his life, do you have to do you get a, a crossword puzzle to understand what I'm saying? The guy comes from the most powerful family on the earth and he marries a, a soapbox star. And look what she's done to the family already. She's insulted the whole royal family. I'm not a fan of royalty. I'm not a fan of the royal family, but it's the royal family. I'm not English. Look what she's done to that family already. Look what this, by marrying down what she did to them. That's what I mean. What do you think? Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. You know, I'm looking at the story again. The, the, um... Prince Harry thing, again, uh, you know, all in war, peace, Air Force, shooting down, Pelosi's madness. This, this thing, Duchess of Sussex, and I jokingly said, if you take out the SUS, I think that's what it's all about. You know, the Duchess of Sussex, take out the SUS, there it is. It's always that, at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, too, you remember Diana getting whacked in the tunnel? Don't tell me that was an accident. She was about to marry a Muslim, and, uh, you know, you may not like the royal family, MI5 and all that. They kind of been in power for a couple of thousand years. They know what they're doing. They know how to control the family and the lineage. I don't know, man. 
If I were the Duchess of Su- uh, Sussex, I almost said sex. If I were the Duchess of Sussex, I wouldn't be driving through any tunnels in the near future. <laughs> sorry. To- no, I'm sorry. I'm just looking from the outside in here. Mer- American member of the royal family, former actress, raised in L.A., mixed them. She began playing small roles in television. All right. Well, look, I wish her the best, but uh, the prognosis for this marriage from one outsider's viewpoint and a nun bred at that, not too long. Not too long. She already got what she needs out of it. She got all of the... First of all, her star has risen in Hollywood. Of course, they're going to move to L.A. You know what kind of role she's going to get now? And Schmendrick will be sitting on the sideline taking care of the baby. The uh, the, the husband there, Red. I'm nothing against Red. I'm saying Red. Red's going to sit on the sideline. And that's it. Born, born in 1981, age 38 years, Canoga Park. Parents, Thomas Markle, Doria Ragland. That's the way it is, man. You know, so maybe she's put herself in, in, in harm's way by marrying him. If she could have behaved a little, you know, just pulled in her her instincts to be the center of the attention. But the women today, sorry to tell you, no such thing. Look at Pelosi, how out of control she is. Is it a woman thing? Is it a power thing? Is it a person thing? Is it America today? Is it the world today? Don't know. All I know is this. The royal family's been royal for a couple of thousand years. And they've maintained all their palaces, all their holdings. So far, no one's been able to break their grip upon the treasury. <laughs> and none of them work. That's the beauty of it. Look how nice they live. Nice suits. You always judge your suit by the shoulder. That's what I always look like. Look at like you know how the shoulder pad is. It's very hard to get that right. These guys, they have such tailors. From ha- they must live in the palaces with them, with like needles and thread in their hands. Those shoulder pads are so perfect. Even when they bend left or right, it doesn't wrinkle. It's still perfect on the. And I've tried. I can't do it. Even the picture of me rushing Air Force One, I don't like the, the shoulder pad. And it's a very good suit. But they, these guys have it, have it down perfectly. So um, everything's ironed out in the royal family, except when you bring in some outsider like this, and right away she's kicking up her heels and causing a disturbance and embarrassing them. No, sorry, not good. Why is the Meghan Markle Prince Harry story so big? Why? Because he married down and ruined his life in plain English. And we can all see it. It happens whether you own no a no property or you own a couple of million dollars and your son or daughter brings someone in who's lesser than them and they ruin the family. It's very rare that they're going to bring them up. They usually bring them down when they have less. It's that simple. This is the Savage Nation. Thanks for listening. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network.